Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Authentic Filters, where topics are real, relevant, and the call to action is needed. Moral beliefs are being tested every day, so if we want to see change, let's stand united and demand that change happens. My name is Lisa. And my name is Anthony. Let's Let's get get into it. it. Welcome to episode 12, the final episode to close out season two on Authentic Filters. Season two was filled with great topics and honest discussions. Would you agree with that, Anthony? Yeah, I would say it was. It definitely was. Current events taking place, things that are relevant then and probably will be relevant years from now. Yeah. And, And one thing about it is, you know, each season, Anthony and I tried to do 12 topics. There's so much going on in the world and there's so many important, you know, topics out there, but we can't cover them all. One thing that Anthony and I try to do is sit and try to collaborate on, you know, the ones that we feel that are really important to the viewers, but then also very important to us. But with that being said, Anthony and I, we're going to take a break, a small break, um, to enjoy the holidays and spend time with family and friends. And we'll come back for season three with brand new episodes. Before we get started, I would like to welcome our spot guest to the mic, my husband, Kendall Nelson. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) We don't have an audience. (laughs) We are the audience. We hear the clapping. That is Anthony and I. Welcome back to Authentic Filters. So, Kendall, how are you doing? I'm doing great. And yourself? Pretty good. So, how is work? Oh, work is fine. <laughs> work is work. Let's say work, that. Work is work. <laughs> well, that is good to hear. So, thank you for sitting in on this episode. I know it's very important to you as well. We're going to talk about reparations. And this is something that... You know, Anthony and I have been talking about, you know, kind of throughout season one, season two, we really wanted to to block time to really talk about why should descendants of slaves receive reparations and what their reparations is going to look like. Before I get started on that, Anthony, we look to you. How was your week and how was your weekend? It was good. My week was good. My weekend was good. So closing out the year. Pretty strong, which is nice. But uh, yeah, it was pretty good. Okay, perfect. All right. And how was your week? Uh, my week, not too shabby. Did some Christmas shopping, so I can kind of check it off my list. I mean, I got more shopping to do, but it was nice just to get out there and get some shopping done. Because mm-hmm. um, there's, some, there's some amazing sales out there. So that was nice. All right, so let's go ahead and get into this. You know, reparations... When you really sit and think about the history of slavery, it is so broad. We only have an hour to really kind of consolidate and summarize for the audience on why reparations is so important to African Americans. And so I'm going to give a scaled down version of really the history. These are actual facts about the history, but I don't want to go into too much detail because that will actually lose everyone. But I do want to leave some knowledge nuggets behind so people can really kind of see the full picture of why it's so important that Congress passes reparations for the descendants of slaves. So, for over 32 years, 
the slavery reparation bill had been introduced at every congressional session since 1989. And just this year, they decided to vote on the bill to move it to the study, more of the study development proposal phase. However, if we continue to sit back and do nothing, what's going to happen is another 30 years is going to just pass us by and the wrong that was inflicted on our ancestors will never be repaired. So now that they have passed it to the study and the proposal phase of with Congress, now we really need to hold them accountable that they push it all the way through and that we get reparations. Before we get heavy into discussion of reparations and what that looks like for black folks, let's go back in time and talk about the history of slavery. As I mentioned before, this topic is very broad, but we're going to summarize some of the key points on why reparations is owed to the descendants of slaves. So the slave trade began in the 1400s with the Britons going over to Africa. And what they were doing was they were actually trading their gold and silver for slaves. And they were transporting them to the West Indies by ship. During these times, the slave owners, you know, they didn't really care about the welfare of the slaves. And uh, many of them did die from starvation and then the unhealthy conditions on the ship. So just try to imagine you're on this huge ship, but the slaves are at the very bottom of the deck of the ship. And they're, they had to lay down because they had between 600 to 900 slaves on this ship at the bottom. They only had enough room to where they all had to either lay on their back or lay on their side. And that's all the room that they had. But as they were being transported, it took six weeks to get to their destination. So just imagine being down there, you got about 600, 600 to 900 slaves that's in a small confinement. They only have enough space and they're stuck in that space for six weeks. A lot of them wasn't getting food. The, the conditions was unhealthy. It was unsanitary. It was, it was just horrible. During those times, the slave owner felt that if the slaves were no value to them, there was no need to keep them. So they were kind of look them over, size them up. If the slave was sick and looked malnutrition, they would throw them over the ship. And mm-hmm. remember, they would throw them over the ship and they would still have the shackles on them. They would have the shackles on around their neck, around their hands, around their waist, and around their feet. And they didn't care. It was like, oh, this, this, this slave is no value to me. Throw them over the ship. So you had... Hundreds of the the slaves being tossed over the the ship before they even got to their destination. And soon the slave owners thought, okay, this is not going to work because, you know, we're tossing hundreds of slaves. We're going over here. We're buying. We're trading for the slaves. But then when we get to our destination, we don't toss half of them overboard. So now we've got to start feeding these slaves and keep them healthy. And have them looking good because if we want to get the most profit mm-hmm. off of them, we got to be able to present them as healthy slaves that can actually get out there and, and do what we need them to do. By the 1500s, slaves were sold for hard labor and they began working on the sugarcane fields. The slaves cultivated the field so well that they actually expanded the product from sugar and turned that into molasses. And soon it was distilled into rum. So, you know, whether it was the slaves that came up with this this concept 
or the slave owners. It was just kind of amazing on how they started out with the sugar and they realized, well, wait a minute, we can expand this product to molasses. And then we also can expand that to rum. And that was pretty interesting to, to learn that and discover that they were able to really make a lot of profit mm-hmm. off of just the sugar cane. So the slave owners would actually trade rum for more slaves. And the more slaves they owned on their plantation, they were given more land based on the number of slaves that they had working the land. So that's really how, you know, you have folks that have acquired 14,000 acres of land when you really kind of sit and think about that that's probably how they got all that land Mm -hmm. you see what i'm saying so by the 1600s now north america decided to get into the slave trade and north america actually started out with with their first 20 slaves and they transported them to virginia and they they actually had them work in the tobacco uh, plantations now, this type of harsh labor was, they just said it was inhumane, it was unbearable for anyone due to the extreme heat. And working the plantations from sunrise to sundown, they didn't get no breaks, they didn't get no day, days off, and basically no rest. Now, during this time, many slaves, you know, they actually tried to, to escape. I mean, the conditions were so horrible. They didn't want to work on the the plantation. They didn't want to do that type of work. So a lot of them tried to run away. Well, you know, where are they going to (laughs) go? So eventually they got caught. And the law of doctrine back then stated that if they ran away from their slave owner, now you're indebted to that slave owner for life. And so that was really kind of their punishment was you, you can never leave. They own you. Another way that the slave master was able to inherit more slaves was through buying more slaves was they then had their slaves have kids. So when their slaves would, you know, get married, they would, you know, populate more kids. Now that slave owner now owns the kids as well. So that in in their in their mindset was now I don't have to keep buying slaves because now I'm getting these slaves for free. Because mm-hmm. now it's like you're having all these kids and it's kind of like more free labor. So the slave owner, you know, was kind of smart from that standpoint on how he was able to really kind of populate, you know, really kind of the, the slaves by having them have more kids. Right. It was also later passed into law that a slave master could beat and even kill their slaves and they would not be punished because the slave was actually considered their property and they could do whatever they wanted with their property. Um, you know, back then, slaves had no rights. Yeah, they were considered, what, three-fourths yeah. of a human? The subhumans. And that's exactly how they, how they saw them as subhumans. Mm-hmm. So by the 1700s, there was roughly around 8,000 slaves in North America. But by the 1800s, that number grew to 125,000 slaves due to the power of tobacco you know that you know this particular commodity was just in high demand everybody wanted it only the slaves was able to cultivate the land to actually produce it in south carolina there were slaves that worked the rice fields so as i'm kind of going through this history you know i'm talking about when they first came over it was a sugarcane fields and from the sugar cane they produced more product Mm -hmm. then is the tobacco and then from that now is the rice fields 
Now, also in South Carolina, you know, the weather there was harsh and very intense as well. Rice planters received, you know, once again, more land based on the number of slaves that they had work in the fields. This type of work was just grueling for the slaves. Um, you thought the tobacco was, was, was rough. No, the rice was rough. The rice plantation was rough as well. Oh, yeah, because, I mean, think about back then, and they didn't have the type of technology that we have in modern day. Mm-hmm. Two, it was in the South, which is extremely hot yeah. compared to the rest of the country. And three, it's physical, tedious labor to do what they were doing. Another plantation that the slaves worked was cotton. This was the biggest demand ever because everyone uses cotton for everything. I mean, from the clothes that we have on our backs, cotton is just used just for literally everything. Cultivating this land was described as torture. Who said it best was actually the slave Charles Ball. He stated that surely if anything can justify a man taking his life into his own hands and terminating his existence, no one can attach balance to the slaves on many of the cotton plantations of the South. He continues on by saying that when they cut short their breath in the agonies of the present being by a single stroke, what is life worth? amidst hunger, nakedness, excessive toll on the continually uplifted lash. When you hear that, what what does that make you think about? It's a, a lot of pain and it, emotion in that statement. Yeah, it, well, it felt like he was saying that he wanted to take his own life. Uh, mm-hmm. I think a lot of them, want, you know, and they probably did back then. It was like, there's just no way out. I mean, you you take us from our native land. You bring us over here. We don't know anyone. We're working this this plantation. We're working just like dogs, animals. And it's like, for him to just, those words just resonated with me. It's like, what the world? This is horrible. This is like being in hell. Well, what I think about is just going back to what you said, if they tried to leave the plantation, they were brought back and they could never leave. I'm trying to think Did the owners say we have this this plan in place where you work so many years and we're going to set you free. That was never an option for them to be free. I don't think that ever was an option to be free. And, here's and the, they it, knew this. They you, but the, the slave owner could have told them that. With the hopes of, you know, you just keep working this, this, this field and maybe one day you'll get your freedom. We just don't know what they could have said to them. And I'm sure a lot of them were lying to them. I can't see them even saying that. I don't even feel that they felt they had to give them an explanation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You're Mm -hmm. here. You're working for me. You're my property. You're my property. Like the horse. Yeah. Probably treat the horse and the cow better than I treat you. Mm -hmm. No, I just don't think they were told anything like that. And after time, I'm sure they began to realize that you see your family members, your friends being pulled away from you, killed. Mm -hmm. And they weren't just killed. They were shot hung mutilated mm-hmm. uh broke into pieces mm-hmm. it was no big thing to them yeah we'll just go get someone else yeah buy another one yeah and, and that's really kind of how it was back then i mean if we really want to take it a step further i mean think about when you had the slaves learning how to read and they were told not mm-hmm. to read i remember one company that i worked for the cfo had shared with the audience that you know her grandmother would get caught reading and the slave master said if i catch you again i'm gonna cut off one of your fingers and every time she would get caught he would cut off one of her fingers and here's the thing she didn't care about losing her fingers 
Basically, when she died, she only had two fingers. I think she had one on this hand and one on this hand, but it was like that pain didn't didn't bother her. Mm -hmm. She still was going to, she was determined to learn how to read. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And it's just like, just that kind of torture. Because it's probably one of those things, she's going to learn how to read. Not It's not for her, so she can pass it on to her and she did. children she, uh -huh. and grandchildren mm -hmm. and keep going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Wow. By the 1860s, there was actually 4 million enslaved people in the U.S. That is unbelievable. Hmm. It's, it's a lot of people. That's a town. That's a town, <laughs> yeah. And, and and they were throughout. I mean, remember, they started in Virginia. Then they moved to South Carolina. And then Georgia got on the bandwagon as mm -hmm. well. And then some of the other states. But they were just scattered out. You see what I'm saying? But still, it just kind of makes you wonder... How many were in this state and that state and that state? And, and, and as I mentioned before, it starts to get broad. You know, we can go on and on and on mm -hmm. about slavery. But we just want to kind of just, like I said, narrow it down for this segment. And really kind of get to the reasoning of why it's so important that we keep reparations passing through. So, as I mentioned, you know, back in 1860s, there was... Now over 4 million enslaved people in the U.S. And, and they equated that to the slaves were worth more than all the railroads and all the factories in the nation. That speaks volumes to me. Mm -hmm. Because you take that 4 million, you take them back to their native land. The, the world wouldn't be the way that it is right now. None of that. Well, America would. wouldn't be the way that it, it is. It That's wouldn't true. be. It, it wouldn't be, be as a, developed as it is right it, now. It, right. I, I totally agree. It makes you wonder what would have happened if we stayed where we were. Kings and queens, baby. <laughs> well, Africa would have <laughs> been more been. developed than exactly. what it is, I think. Africa would have been like Wakanda. Wakanda. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it would have been like Wakanda big time. Yeah, definitely. The reason America, North America is the way that it is now is definitely because of slaves and the work that they put in. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The labor that they had to put in. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because the white people at that time weren't capable and weren't willing to do that type of work. Here's the thing. They tried. But here, when they realized, oh, we're not doing this. <laughs> it's, it's, it got to the point where they said, our bodies can't take that harsh heat. Mm -hmm. And their their bodies couldn't take the heart as far as their, wow, their skin. Complexion. Their yeah. complexion, their skin. Sunscreen yeah. right. <laughs> their, their, their skin couldn't take that that, that heat. Right. And even when this when I did my research, it did say that oh yeah, they were out there on the tobacco plantation, they was doing some of the work, but the difference is they were getting compensated. The slaves wasn't getting mm -hmm. compensated. Now I want to make sure that I'm clear. This is just a tip of the iceberg on how slaves built this country. There are many other things that I didn't touch on that they actually made as well. Let me just kind of just say a few things like um, they made soap. There's just so many other products that we use today that the slaves actually made. That get, we don't get credit for. That we don't get credit for, <laughs> most definitely. But the items that I just shared with you, it, it just basically solidifies that black folks, despite working the land, cultivating the land, and picking the cotton and crops that grew the land for, for the most part, didn't have the opportunity to reap the financial benefits from the land. And mm -hmm. that's a true statement. They got nothing. A slave owner, you cannot sit and say that, oh, well, we gave them shelter and we gave them a meal. But you didn't give them shoes because they was out there working those plantations with no shoes on. And then when you say a meal, we got the leftovers. We got the leftovers. The we got the leftover of the pig. 
That's why we, we get if it the wasn't scrap. If it wasn't ham, which they preferred, mm-hmm. we got everything else. Like, you know, our family members would say we ate everything from the rooter to the tutor. Yep. <laughs> so. That's why we grew up eating the, the nose and the ears and a, a pig's tail, oxtails. In the nasty chitlins. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now you're going to offend some people when you say chitlins. And pig feet. So, yeah. It, yeah they knew how to use that. Or our ancestors knew how to work with it. They mm-hmm. knew how to work right. with it. And here's the thing. And we and people still eat it till this day. Mm-hmm. Because those are the things that were passed down. That was right. passed down. Yes, most definitely. Most definitely. So, when you really sit and think about it. If our descendants would have been compensated and rewarded for their labor then that wealth would actually have passed down many generations. When you think about it, we supposed to be rich. When you hear the term of, oh, that person still probably living off of old money. <laughs> that is blood money. That is slave money. That is our money. Well, the thing is, they know it too. So they know it too. They're not. When it comes to the U.S., you have to have certain hierarchies of steps. So you have to have the super elite rich and they have to have people underneath them almost like they're subjects. Yeah. Almost going back to England where you have the king and then you have mm-hmm. all your individuals underneath. They need that pyramid. Mm-hmm. Just different term terms now. Just exactly. Different names. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Different names. So when you, I mean, bringing it back to, or bringing it up to modern day, when you have someone like Mitch McConnell saying in his response to reparations, which he's not for, yeah. When he says, we've tried to deal with our original sin of slavery by fighting a civil war, electing an African-American president, but I don't think reparations is something that, for something that happened 150 years ago, for whom none of us currently living are responsible for, is a good idea. When you say a comment like that, while in modern day, you may not have a plantation and own black people, it's an ignorant comment because... I'm pretty sure your granddaddy and mm-hmm. your granddaddy's mm-hmm. daddy yep. and his daddy yep. did own slaves. Mm-hmm. And the advantages that they had in owning people mm-hmm. and what that afforded them in terms of finances, in terms of comfortability, in terms of owning land and housing, and how that passed on from generation to generation when new housing subdivisions were built and only whites were allowed in, mm-hmm. and those types of things whites being allowed to go to the best schools. Mm -hmm. That's the type of stuff that passed down from your ancestors Mm -hmm. eventually to you. Yep. And I don't understand how come they don't see that. Oh, they see it. They just don't want to... And he irritates me. Mitch irritates me because, you know, he made the comment, oh, well, you know, it was so long ago. It's kind of like, get over it. You know, it's not going to happen. Well, it comes down to not... As far as getting over it, the whole thing is they're concerned with Who's going to pay? And I can see Mitch saying, I'm not going to pay for it. My family's not going to pay for it, even though they may have a little bit of money mm-hmm. from that. Mm-hmm. No, we're not doing it. And, and, that's, and that's what they're concerned and with. And that's exactly what he said. But let me get a little bit further into, I'm almost finished with this history. And I'm going to tell you who's going to pay for it. Because <laughs> that's, that's, you know, he did make that comment that, well, all of them slave owners are dead. Mm-hmm. Okay, you're you got to be the most <laughs> ignorant person I ever heard they of. Tried well, to yeah, say, they wouldn't be dead, you, you big dodo. They tried to say the people who deserve the reparations, they're dead. Okay, now you. Yeah, okay. <laughs> well, you, you know what? <laughs> Let me finish on with this. So, by 1863... Abraham Lincoln, what does he do? He abolished slavery with the Emancipation Proclamation. But soon after that, the government pays slave masters up to $300 for every enslaved person that they freed. Now, when this was passed into law, 
the Emancipation Proclamation. Them slave owners didn't want to let their slaves go. Like, what the? Who the heck go tend to, to, to the field? Mm. We can't do it. We don't want to do it. So they didn't want to let their slaves go. But the government stepped in and said, well, you know what? We're going to make you whole for mm -hmm. each slave that you have on your plantation. We're going to give you 300 And think about $300 back then. Oh, yeah. That's compared to now. That's several thousand dollars. That's, that's big money. <laughs> yeah. And depending on, and remember, there was so many slaves back then. Mm -hmm. One slave owner probably could have had about a hundred something thousand freaking slaves. Who knows? I was going to say, who's to say they were telling the truth? Yeah. They could have had 20 slaves. Oh, yeah, I got a 2,000 of them. Can you prove true, it? True, true. Do I have to? <laughs> no, you don't have to prove you, it. You sure don't have to prove it. But Did you write their names down? No, I didn't write their names down. But with that being said, you know, when Mitch makes the comment, who's going to pay for it? Well, who paid for it back then? Because you should have been giving reparations to the slaves when you freed them. Mm -hmm. Yet, you said, you're freed, here you go, goodbye, good written, figure <laughs> it out, and we're not giving you anything. We get, we, Oh, we gave you your freedom. That's what we gave you. But we care about the slave owner right now. Because you know what? We ain't got nobody to tend to the rice fields, the cotton uh, plantation. Cotton is worth $760 billion in today's dollars. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're, they're already at a disadvantage when they freed them, not only with not having money, but by keeping them out of schools. Yeah. Mm -hmm. By segregating the schools, mm -hmm. which the black teachers were already at a disadvantage because they didn't probably have the same curriculum or mm -hmm. materials to teach their students mm -hmm. versus the white schools did. And then, like you just said, they just figure it out. You got to figure it out. You got to start. Mm -hmm. You're already at a disadvantage. And now you got to figure out how you're going to make money, where you're going to live. Mm -hmm. Which is why a lot of them went to the north because mm -hmm. it was more acceptable up there to yeah. be black and free versus in the south. So it's a generational trauma mm -hmm. is what it leads to. And it goes from generation to generation mm -hmm. that is still at a disadvantage mm -hmm. compared to the white generation. So you can't sit here and say that you're not responsible for it because actually you are. You are. indirectly you, <laughs> you are. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't mean that you have to, I want to be clear about this. That doesn't mean that every white person has to walk around feeling guilty. Yeah. That's not what I'm trying to say, mm -hmm. but it needs to be understood and acknowledged and you can't be ignorant to what this country was built on and the fact that that does need to be rectified. Yeah. And to tag on what you say, every white person was not a part of that or yeah. their family wasn't a part of mm -hmm. owning slaves. Yeah. So right. we know that and that's mm -hmm. what a lot of them don't understand. It's like, mm -hmm. we're not, you're not trying to come after everyone. Yeah. But there are people <laughs> out there, I would just put it in the woke community that want to try to make white people feel in general as a, oh, as yeah. a race mm -hmm. that they're guilty and they should be ashamed of themselves. Mm -hmm. And that's that in itself is ignorant because yeah. that's just not the case. Mm -hmm. There were plenty of white people back then that was helping, that was that was helping, helping us. Helping yeah. white people that thought it was wrong. They thought it was wrong. Right yeah, they wrong. was like, wait a minute, you this person is a slave? They're not supposed to do that. They're humans. Right. There were white people back then that saw black people as humans. You know what? We are human. <laughs> Just because our skin color is darker or different color, we are human. We bleed like you. We eat mm -hmm. like you. We do everything. We're not robots. We're not aliens. We're not sub... What the heck is a subhuman? <laughs> I never looked that up. But we are human. When God created this earth, he made us all equal. 
I definitely want to to put out there before we, we go to break um, and then we come back and we really talk about what the reparation package should look like. Uh, you know, reparations has been around for years. So I'm not understanding why it's taking so many years for folks to figure out how to compensate, compensate the descendants of slaves. Because as you just mentioned, it is a generation thing that's carrying on and on. And it's still going on. It's still prevalent today. It's still going on today. So mm -hmm. how does folks feel they don't need to make this wrong right? As I mentioned before, you know, reparations has been around for years. So I'm not understanding why it's taking so many years for folks to figure out how to compensate the descendants of slave. You know, one is the Native American, they're getting reparations and they should be getting reparations because this land belonged to them and it was stolen. I mean, right now, I think we have a little bit over 100,000 Native Americans living in North America when there were millions, mm -hmm. you know, at one time. Another um, group of folks that actually got reparations was due to the Tuskegee um, experiment. Now, this was the infamous syphilis study that African-Americans uh, actually participated in. And in this study, they end up experience, experiencing severe health problems, um, including blindness, mental impairment, which uh, also led up to death. And in that reparation package, they only got $10 million. And then, of course, Rosewood. That was uh, another one as well, which was actually here in the, in the U.S., that was the racial massacre, and they got only 2.1 million, which is really kind of sad. That was it in the reparations. But I feel that now this time, the world undo the wrong that was done and inflicted on slaves. And the only way we can do that is we have to not only talk about it, but we have to push it along through Congress, get it passed into law, and get reparations really kind of off the docket it just is an uncomfortable conversation but this is going to be the most uncomfortable conversation because this is what the country was built on and it needs to be addressed and until you address it then for i think black people in general it's a situation where it feels as though you don't think it's important i think the issue is it's the number mm -hmm. so what you talked about native americans the tuskegee and you mentioned um did you mention Rosewood. Something? Rosewood. There was an exact number, a small number. It was a small mm -hmm. number. So they can look at that and say, okay, a couple thousand dollars. Mm -hmm. I mean, a couple thousand individuals, mm -hmm. we can pay that out. Mm -hmm. They're overwhelmed by it's black America and how many millions of black America. And it's not just pure black America. You're going to have individuals that have a small percentage yeah. of black in them who, once this money starts coming out, if they agree and say, okay, we're going to pay out so many trillions of dollars or whatever, all these individuals are going to be coming out of the woodwork. I'm sorry, it's going mm -hmm. to be white individuals coming out of the it woodwork is. saying, mm -hmm. oh, I'm part black too. Mm -hmm. Oh, really? You weren't black when we were marching or when we were going all this getting beat upside our head. But yeah. now you're black when the money's on mm -hmm. the table. It, but, but with that being said, that's when you put criteria around it. It's yes. no different than the Native Americans because they actually get monthly stampede mm -hmm. every month to cover really their their cost of living. I think what we mentioned, uh, the, well, but you got to be like twenty five. You got to have a percentage, yeah. You got to be twenty five percent, which I think is a smart thing to do. Well, and, but they can actually take that model. And apply it to mm -hmm. African Americans. Even if they come down to Ancestry.com or yeah. something. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone does that. And what's your percentage? You're 85%? Oh, yeah. yeah you're, in, you're in the good. Yeah. Or, yeah, 5%. Yeah. 
I don't think so. Yeah, because when you really sit and think about it, I mean, we have Native American in us, mm-hmm. but we don't have enough in us to say, oh, cut me right. a check. I can't go you see over what I'm and saying? where's no, my no, check? No, no, because we are mixed with Native American, um, Irish, know, Irish, Creole. It's a mixture of everything. You see what I'm saying? But at the same token, if they put some criteria wrapped around it, some cadence wrapped around it, then you ain't going to be able to have all these people coming out of the woodworks. Like I was watching one documentary. I'm sorry. This lady was white as I don't know what. And she said that she was a descendant from slaves. (laughs) And I thought, wow. Okay, well, let's say we're white slaves. Uh, I don't see you being descendants of African Americans, but maybe you are. But once again, someone like her, yeah, you're gonna have to tell me how much African American you got in you because I see nothing. Right, that's I, right. Yeah, and so you, you're right. You're gonna have people. One, they're gonna be mad mm-hmm. if this gets passed, and it better get passed. It needs to get passed because the longer you prolong it, now we're talking more interest. <laughs> It's already been right, right. years. <laughs> yeah. Emancipation happened and was signed in 1865. Mm. Stop playing with me. This is almost 2022. Well, when we come back, we're going to get into reparations and what we think they should be. back to the second half of Authentic Filters episode 12. So what do you think reparations should be? Per the Census Bureau, there are 48.2 million African American people in the U.S. That's a lot of people. When I sat and thought about this, I said, you know what? I'm not going to sit here and really just kind of stress myself out on, oh, that's too many people. We're already in a deficit. Okay, well, that's not my problem. Uh, It's for the government to figure it out because if the government would have compensated the slaves when they were free, we wouldn't be having this discussion. So since you didn't do that and the descendants of the slaves are still suffering, then here here we go. So I came up with $100,000 for each African-American. That is tax-free. However, we need to set criteria around it. If you have 25% or more African American within you, then yes, you qualify for the $100,000. Uh, if you have less than 25% African American, then you don't qualify. Moving forward, exempt from paying taxes for life. We shouldn't have to pay taxes. We built this country. We built this country. And that money from our ancestors would have trickled down to my mom's generation my generation now your generation Anthony and then your sister's generation and then if you have kids your kids generation and so forth that that's to me should have been old money passed down funneled through that way free college tuition if anybody that owes uh, student loans student loans are forgiven I definitely think they should get a monthly food stampede a voucher of $300 per family a one-time housing voucher to help families purchase a house, and that voucher should be $10,000. Mm-hmm. 
free medical, dental, and vision for life. And of course, what's wrapped around that should be free wellness checkup, free mental health care. All of that should be free for African-Americans. And then, of course, definitely, I feel like improved infrastructures in black communities. I mean, honestly, they got the infrastructure bill passed. We'll see how that goes. I just don't want the black communities getting left behind because their roads are horrible. But we really need to build up those communities and things like that. Prison reform. There's too many black folks that are in prison that shouldn't be in prison that are locked up. With technology and DNA, there's got to be a way for folks to be able to say, okay, this person's been locked up. They never committed the crime. It's no different than the Strickland man, Kevin Strickland. Mm -hmm. He did 42, 43 years, finally let him out and didn't give him nothing. How are you going to lock him up for no reason at all and not give him anything? Thank God for the GoFundMe mm -hmm. and, 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 and generous people in the world that said that this is wrong and we have to help this man out. You see what I'm saying? Right. So if you want to help african-americans descendants of slaves this is the way you do it and there's tons of things that we can add to this list but this is just the list that i came up with so far that's going to definitely benefit you know african-americans and then definitely better training better job opportunities you know give us the opportunity if you give us the opportunity to go to college for free sky's the limit mm -hmm. you see what i'm saying if they don't want to go to college send them to a trade school for free this stuff needs to be free for us because you know what? We built this country. So since you can't pay us back in monetary dollars, I'm only asking for a hundred thousand for each African American and a hundred thousand is not to me. That's not a lot. I thought it was going to be more. Yeah, I thought it was gonna well, be more actually I, 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 until you, you told me there's no way. Cause I said, um, what did I say? A million dollars? Yeah. Yeah. I said, I, I said a million dollars at first, but then mm -hmm. I was like, no, I got to scale that back to something a little bit more reasonable. And which, so a hundred thousand. Which any of that could be, it could happen. It could happen. They just have to make adjustments. I mean, do we need a new battleship? Do we need a new aircraft carrier? Do we need to be sending money over to these other countries? Ask yourself that question. Yeah, there's a couple countries right now we really don't need to be sending millions of dollars to. Why are we for sending what? Yeah, for what? What did we do? Yeah. Those are definitely some heavy hitters, so are you ready for... Yeah, so let's see what Anthony has plan. on his list. We have some things that are definitely overlapping. So I called my plan the Moving Forward Plan. And who would be eligible would be all black Americans that are living. And like your criteria, you'd have to have a minimum of 25% black heritage. And those born within a year from when the program starts. So, mm -hmm. for example, if you're born January 1st, 2022 to January 1st, 2023, then you'd be eligible and mm -hmm. it would cover their lifetime. Mm -hmm. So the big target areas that I wanted to cover were education, housing, finance, and revitalization of urban neighborhoods mm -hmm. in terms of infrastructure and businesses being brought into those areas. So education, we kind of had the same thought process. So all public pre-K through grade school education should be free for African-Americans. If for some reason their parents want to send them to a private school, then the government should allot something that we do kind of 
in real estate, which is you've got an allowance. Mm -hmm. So if the tuition is $10,000 per semester and the government allots 75% of that, then the parents would have to come up with the rest of that because you're already able to go to public schools for free. But mm -hmm. if you want to do a private school, then you get some type of voucher, if you will. Yeah. And you just have to pay the, pay the difference. Mm -hmm. For community colleges, trade schools, two-year schools, um, four-year schools, public or private, the education should be free. Mm -hmm. But the student has to maintain the grades. Mm -hmm. You can't just go to Harvard because you want to. You have to be admitted to the school because yeah. you've got the right grades. Mm -hmm. And the government should pay for each semester mm -hmm. the full cost of... The classes, the books, the dorms. Moving on to housing, there should be a new loan program or we could take one that's existing like the FHA or the conventional and the government should pay in full for all closing costs and the down payment. So the borrower will not have to bring any money to the closing table. Interest rate should be capped at 3%. That said, the applicant still has to qualify for whatever the home is. The government should cover, I believe the first six months of payments for their mortgage. I think in terms of people that want to rent instead of buy, then the government should assist them with some type of stimulus amount as well to apply towards their monthly rent. For finances, I know you had mentioned the $100,000 payment. I think that they should issue that to all Black Americans once they reach the age of 21 or older, mm -hmm. and then perpetuity payments of $500 a month for the life of the person once they reach the age of 18. Um, I also would agree with you on infrastructure. I would build up urban areas, redo the streets, sidewalks, highways, improve buildings, um, provide business incentives, tax breaks for businesses to open in those areas, government assistance to take old abandoned buildings and turn them into, you know, maybe education and technology centers, health facilities, workshops and workspaces, and even homeless shelters, because that mm -hmm. provides different uses and it really re revitalizes those urban areas. So that's my stimulus plan, hitting on the housing, the financing, and the infrastructure. And I kind of went into a little bit more detail as to how it would kind of break out, because you do have to have criteria in mm -hmm. terms of who would be eligible and, and when they should be eligible. And there, there has to be a cutoff time too, because you can't just do this forever like that just would yeah there has to be a crap because you're gonna have people that's gonna continue to have families and continue to have more right. kids and they just gonna be thinking oh then this you know but the thinking about this for your plan or my plan is that it's it's supposed to bring us hopefully to a more even playing field think about this it's just us three that are agreeing on some things and disagreeing on other things but think about congress where it's 50 to 100 people that have to be on the same page. Yeah, no, I, I, I get that. Here's the thing. <laughs> this plan here is great and it's dandy, but the same token, it's still not going to undo what was done. It's not even going to come close. Well, nothing is. Nothing, and here's the thing. So nothing, you need to not, be not, you, we, at a point where... And this is what we're, that's this what we're presenting. This what we're presenting. This is what we're presenting. So but at the you're same time... have people that are out there, not to cut you off, but you're going to have people that are out there that just aren't going to be happy with anything because that's just the type of people that they are. That, that is true. And but, they, but, this, and but here's the thing. This, the 100000 that I came up with... That doesn't even come close. I want to make sure I am clear on that. But it is something that we're presenting in, our, in this package. Mm -hmm. But the same token, I don't think anybody should pay taxes on that. No, no. Cut the check for 100000 
Point blank, period. Do not charge taxes. We shouldn't even be paying taxes. When you got billionaires, billionaires that, that can sit there and hire all them tax accountants. And I keep referencing back to that, which is GE. You can sit there and hire all them tax accountants to where you say you don't want to pay taxes and you don't pay taxes. So no, slaves that built this country off of their hard labor and their backs. Whoa. No, we're the descendants of slaves. We shouldn't pay taxes. And that's where I'm at on that. What would you like to add to that, Kendall? Any commentary from you on the package plans? No, I mean, right now, any package sounds better than nothing. Okay, mm-hmm. I, so I agree with that. for both of your plans, I mean, I like aspects of both of them. Okay. And that's, the and the that's main thing that I like, no taxes. No taxes. I mean, no state sales. Mm-hmm. Yeah, federal but. no taxes whatsoever and, and that only applies to african americans <coughs> sorry and I, think, I only say that i think I say, our ancestors I, paid enough we paid enough with enough blood and skin and because you you have to look at the timeline of when they came over here and when abraham lincoln said we're gonna free the slaves and, and let me make sure i'm clear on that there was a reason why he did that he did that because he needed the uh the black of uh, people's votes that's why he did that now i'm not saying we don't appreciate the fact that he freed the slaves he did that but at the same token look how long they were working in those conditions hundreds of years in those conditions i even had information on the the 40 acres and a mule Mm -hmm. so people always wonder like where did that come about and i was reading up on it and um Lincoln's Secretary of War, and I have this written down, mm-hmm. Edwin Statton and the Union General William T. Sherman met with 20 black ministers mm-hmm. in Georgia mm-hmm. at that time. And they asked, how could they take care of themselves? Meaning, how could the freed slaves take care of themselves and also better assist the government in keeping them free, maintaining their freedom? Mm-hmm. So that's when they came up with the it's called back in January of 1865, Sherman issues a special field order number 15. Mm-hmm. We know it as 40 Acres and Mule. So basically, from it took land from South Carolina, Charleston, South Carolina, and it was going all the way down the coast to Florida. It was that's a river. A lot of yeah, that's a whole lot. <laughs> Actually, it was the St. John's River in Florida. They divided up, I think it was 400,000 acres. Mm-hmm. Into those 40 acres. Mm -hmm. And then I believe, um, who was it? The General Sherman, I say. Mm -hmm. He came up with the idea, well, later on, let's give them a mule too. Mm -hmm. So that's where we get the 40 acres and the mule. Mm -hmm. That was set in place by Lincoln and his team. Then when he got assassinated. He got assassinated probably four months later, Mm -hmm. which could have tied in to all that. Yeah, Mm -hmm. probably did. And then his vice president, um, Johnson, Andrew Johnson, came in. He said, nope. He came in and he canceled all that out. Sure he was a Southern Democrat, wasn't mm-hmm. going to play that. And he gave all that land. They said they confiscated. Now, they broke up 400000 but then they confiscated 850 over double that. And then split it up and gave it back to the, the slave owners. Slave owners, yeah. So, that so. was our 40 acres. It lasted four months of that. See? We never got it. So, and they never went back to it to say, hey, you know, this was wrong. Yeah. You know, let's go back and revise this. Nope. Nope. Sweeping under the rug. They'll forget about yeah. it. And that's and that's where I get, no, we don't owe you nothing. <laughs> we don't owe taxes. We shouldn't have to pay taxes. Everybody else should pay taxes. But but uh, black people, no. We shouldn't have to pay taxes. And I stand firm on that. Now, one thing with reparations. Do Americans pay taxes? 
I don't think mm-hmm. they do. Because when I did research on, on them, I think they get, um, I want to, they got a, a one-time payment. And to me, that wasn't even enough. So do Native Americans pay taxes? Honestly, I don't know. I do know that when they got reparations, they got um, a cash payment, a lump sum cash payment, and now they get monthly money mm-hmm. um, every every month to basically, you know, help with their 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 living uh, expenses. Well, I think this was a good conversation. We outlined, I think, a lot of strong points mm-hmm. and made a lot of strong points, and hopefully, the committee that has been put in place to research as you said, this further, yeah, are coming up with a lot of similar points, if not better points. Mm-hmm. And hopefully something takes place. All right, you guys, thank you so much for listening to episode 12 of Authentic Filters. We want to thank our special guest, Kendall, for joining us again today. If you enjoyed what you listened to, please be sure to hit that like and subscribe at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. We want to thank you so much for sticking with us for season two. If you have not heard our previous episodes, start with season one work your way up through episode 12 of season two we've got a lot of great content that'll take you through the rest of the year we're going to take our break and we are going to enjoy the holidays and we wish you all a happy and safe holiday season Mm -hmm. and we will see you next year until next time peace peace